Blog Talk Radio. out there. Um, We've got almost five years of shows now at FrontierBeyondFear.com, and I do welcome you back to the broadcast. Today, we are relaunching the show after this break with quite a heartfelt conversation that I know is going to be straight from the heart and very, very honest And we are going to have on the show today a new guest. Her name is Kimberly Smythe, and she is the author of the new book, Letting Go Again, A Birth Mother's Tale of Adoption, Reunion, Separation, and Growth. And as we will soon learn, her story is not like those very... um, simplistic in a way stories that you see on various talk shows and during the time that this happened certainly well it's continuing to happen but you know you see all these stories that don't really show the hidden depths and the complexities of what it means to um, be a teen mother and give a child up for adoption and then reunite later and that every story is different, every life is different. And I want to read something that is the dedication to her book, which I felt is really important. It's important on multiple levels. Um, Here is the dedication at the beginning of this book, and it will be a good introduction to this show. I dedicate this story to all women. May we all lay down our swords of judgment and open our hearts to one another. May we fill our days with celebrations of the mystery of creation and honor great loss and heartfelt ceremony. May we never allow suffering to happen alone. Um, And with that, I'm going to welcome Kimberly Smythe to the program. Welcome, Kim. It's so nice to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate you wanting to talk with me about this. Very much so. I I feel that, you know, 
we simplify life stories, I feel, Kim. And by writing so honestly about yours, you're really a way shower in that way, and you're, you're going to help heal so many people who who expect life to just be, you know, this certain way in a neat little box, and it doesn't always fit in those neat little boxes we see. Um, and and so I'd, I'd like you, Kim, to start by simply telling your story best you can um, to this audience, because I know you can share it best from the heart. Um, and mm. actually, I have a, a, a question right at the beginning is, as you're okay. exploring this, this notion of birth versus natural mother, I think that that is actually a really important part of this as well as how we those terms are are used nowadays and and how that frames what happened in your life. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Um I had my daughter when I was barely 17 years old in 1977. And at the time, um, I was referred to as her natural mother. And, um, you know, when that was was used towards me, I I, I had a comfort with it. And sometime between um, giving her up for adoption and reunion with her, um, the... I guess the adoption industry decided to change the the term from um, natural mother to birth mother, and yeah. it really upset me. It really um, it, it felt like a period instead of a comma. Does that make any sense? It yes. Felt like, yes. It just felt like okay, you're 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 part of this story is done, and I just I I really. It really affected me, and as I've um, gone through this journey and um, have talked to more and more people outside of, you know, friends and family, I've, what I've realized is that uh, there are not too many birth mothers that are out there talking about their story. So that's once again really very pleased that you said yes to this because I think that the more people are exposed to different ideas of being a mother. Um, yes different ideas of being um, in the world. Um, I think it expands who we are. And um, it's been a, it's been an amazing experience to go from someone who was really ashamed of that part of my life to somebody that's now out there talking about it. Um, and to me, that's the crux of the, the, the story in yes. for me personally, because um, there was a time in my life where I thought, oh, my gosh, I one of the best things in my life was being a mother, and I'm a mother to three other children. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it just, it, you know, having my first child, um, that story around that birth and that giving up um, didn't didn't resonate with who I wanted to show the world, if that makes any sense. So it's been a, like an unwinding of all those conflicting um, feelings and um, the shame and guilt that I allowed in my life. So it's been uh, it's been magical to actually give voice where I thought there was no voice, and I think it it does go to the whole world of birth mother. And um, 
I think it's time for us to to kind of take our responsibility in life and and say, you know, what about that? You know, let me let me have a glimpse into that world. Um, so this is just one instance, one um, exploration of my experience, and um, it's been an opportunity for growth. Let's just say. <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, let me just tell you right now that um, I admire your courage, and I think more and more people are finding that writing honestly about some pretty challenging experiences, um, you know, and not only ultimately, I know this is going to help others and is helping others, but it really helps you to heal. And yeah. I really feel that. And, you know, when you talk about this notion of shame, you know, mm. when these boxes that we tend to put around things and labels, they can be associated with labels. We're already addressing mm-hmm. that, too. Um, yeah. They can really result in a lot of pain um, in our society in terms of coming to honest terms with a real life. And I feel... You're really addressing that, and let me just say right off the bat that I so admire your courage, Kim. I mean, really, and and I I love to hear that you're healing through this. I mean, mm. that's a that's a yeah. wonderful testimonial right there. Well, it's um, it was my experience as a young person. I think when you're when you are a teenager, I don't know if anybody um, <laughs> cannot say that they kind of went through what they went through at, as a young child, as just trying to figure it out. We're all just trying to yeah. figure out how to play this game yeah. called life, right? And yeah. we, for me to go through something so um, tumultuous at such a young age, feeling that I had to do it alone. Um, not because anybody directed me that way, but it, but it felt that way for me. Um, uh, not having opportunity for sharing my feelings. I mean, I I grew up in a military family. My dad, you know, we were lectured to. It was a beautiful, loving family, but there was really very little opportunity to express ourselves verbally. So I've struggled with that my whole life, and to get to a point where I just turned 55 where I feel like, yeah, you know, everybody deserves a voice. Everybody needs needs to feel like um, they can tell their story in one way or the other. Um, you know, if it's not in writing, then it's songs or it's dance or it's expression, you know, um, because I think uh, we are taught to survive in certain ways, right? We we yeah. <laughs> we have our things that we know as a young child and then hopefully we get to a point later on in life where we can go, yeah, you know, that was kind of I understand why she did the things she did. I did the things yeah. that I did at that yeah. young age and to to go back to her and really say, gosh, I I really didn't I really put on a lot to her i just i threw rocks at her for many many years i blamed her and her choices and you know she made very probably not very wise decisions in her journey but when i really was able to to look at her as a 17 year old kid who was just trying to figure it out the best way she knew how and let go of all the other things that i put on her i.e the shame the guilt the um i i you know, I hated her for what she did. I, you yeah. know, I felt like I cheated so many people because I lied and I did this and I yeah. did that. And 
I allowed that young girl take on all that. And when I really realized that I needed to go back for me to be healthy and look at her with different eyes, and I thought this was impossible for many years, but to yeah. look at her as as a young kid trying to figure it out the best way she knew how. And when I yeah. really looked closely, I saw her intentions. And her intentions were never to hurt anyone but herself and to do right by her daughter. And uh-huh. it, it take, took me a really long time to get there because I didn't think I deserved it. You know, that, that kind of forgiveness of self. And what it's done, it's just um, freed me up to get back to a place where I am happy. Yes, my daughter and I have struggled for many, many years, but I've realized that when you let go of all the things that you thought were yours and carried them, they're like big, you know, there's a big cloak full of stuff, and you can't be your authentic self when that is who you show to the world. And I thought I deserved to to show that to the world. I thought, look, look at me. I am so bogged down by this because I know I deserve it. You know, that's that's a, yeah. that was my training in life. So, um the journey to get to where I am now is been a magical journey and um you know, unfortunately, and maybe someday my daughter and I will have the relationship I always wish we could have had, but um, we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> yes, um, yes, it's life unfolds. But, you know, uh-huh. something I feel that, that you really address, and it's it's really worth spending some time with. And we could have on Blog Talk Radio, I will tell you, Kim, there are listeners of all ages and all backgrounds. There are many people who can wander into this show and and one of the things that I feel is really reflected in what we've talked about so far is just how much internalizing judgment, you know, internalizing shame. And I know that you had a Catholic upbringing as well. And I don't know mm-hmm. um you know how strong of an influence was your Catholic upbringing. Did you I know that it is an influence, but did you feel that 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 um, that just made it even worse? Did you feel that you were a sinner? You know, did you frame it at all in religious terms, or was it not quite that strong? I'm just trying because there are people on all mm. the ranges of the scale listening, uh-huh. and and we internalize those voices, you know, of judgment, and so sure. um, and we heal sure. when we release them. Uh huh. Absolutely. Um, yes, my my going to my experience being Catholic was going to mass um, and mm-hmm. you know doing some of the certain things. I didn't go to school, I didn't go to Catholic school or any of that. So right. I didn't really delve into catechism and all that very right. very much. Um, so my experience was going to mass um, and yeah, you know, um, yeah. Um, the whole idea of being unworthy was huge for me, being yeah. a sinner. I mean, I knew when I became pregnant that I I deserved the pain that I brought on myself. I deserved it, and I will prove to, like, once again, I will prove to the world that I am holding this because I know it's mine, right? Um, and it took me a really long time to understand that I don't deserve to live my life that way. And it took um, <laughs> a really long time for me to get that out of my system and I still you know still work on it but um 
and that doesn't say that everything about going to mass was bad for me. I loved the gathering. I loved the songs. I loved, I loved the the the, the smells of you know midnight mass and you know at Christmas and I loved a lot of that. Um, but I did get the whole message that you're born a sinner, which just never resonated with me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. certain things that just you know, yeah, I will pay for my sins and. I paid for my sins for a really, really long time. And, um, yeah, especially going through some something that traumatic as a young person alone. Because um, yes. I Tell did us. build myself a big old box. I did um, lie to my parents because I wanted them to continue to love me, and I didn't think they would. You know, if they knew the truth that I, I fell in love with this young boy and I had this baby and... And I convinced myself that I was ruining my boyfriend, who I loved dearly's life. So I pushed him away, and I, I, you know, I, I walked into the battlefield alone. And yeah. it was crazy when I think about it now. But it is what I thought was right. I really did. I thought, I thought I was being everyone's savior. And then later on, you know, when I, when I t- finally tell him two years after I've given him for adoption that. We had this child and his reaction. It just, yeah. oh, my gosh, reality started coming in. It's almost yeah, like I was dealing right. with so much loss at a young age that yeah. I could only let in so much um, into my world. I, I had to, like, be very rigid about the story that I told myself, that I was I was ruining his life by by doing something bad, which was to become pregnant at a young age. You know what I mean? He had very little to do with it in the 70s, in the 77. I mean, we were starting to explore different ways of being in the world as a powerful woman, but that wasn't my experience. I kind of reverted to, you know, um, the woman takes it all, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, as I I listen... I just want to say that I'm sure anyone who would read the the first part of your story, I mean, I'm a little bit younger than you, but not by too much. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and actually it's very similar now, being a mother of two, I mean, things change. But I think one of the mm. first things that we realize when we read a story, like you have so honestly told, is that I could think of any number of friends, and in certain circumstances, you know, any one of us, could have been in this situation and certainly could have, you know, experienced the same the same path early on and you know, when you realize that it it helps to really release judgment and I think that that people are more judgmental of themselves more than anything because because you do realize, you know, you think gosh, you know, I, you know just how this can happen just to, to anyone really and and so you know we're all in this together i guess is the mm-hmm. is the point and when you write so honestly um that's what we see and those of us who are mothers of teens or you know no many teens or whatever you know we it gives us even more understanding from the perspective of a mother there was something mm-hmm. you wrote early on and i want to talk about the actual story of you giving your child up for adoption, but you said something so important, and maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit to even say this, 
but at one point your mother said to you, did you want me to raise your baby? And only later on did you realize your mother was also letting go of her grandchild. And so your story, it's like, wow. When I read that, I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, or was she? You know, you were sort of reflecting on, you know, as you get more mature in life. This is, you know, and and that was a really powerful thing that hit me at this age um, that may not have, not many teen mothers may not think about at the time. So so I want to rewind a little bit and, and have you tell a little bit about, you know, when you found yourself pregnant and where you went and, and how how that all unfolded at the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> I kind of lived a very sheltered, um, small life in my world and and then I found this this young man that I could just be myself for the first time in my life. And it was a really important time for me because I'd never felt that kind of freedom in a relationship. And when I realized that I was pregnant, there was a ton of denial that happened. Um, And quickly I just kind of tried to erase it from my reality. Meanwhile, I'm having morning sickness and I'm... You know, I'm going through all the things that pregnant people do, but um, I just try to ignore it. I thought that's the only thing I could fathom on how to deal with it. And then when it came, became, I was around six months pregnant by the time my mom dragged me to the doctors. And mm-hmm. I mean, I went to I went to swimming championships, and I I was like three or four months pregnant, and I just, you know, I just tried to do the best I could to continue on my life because I had no other coping skills at all. Yeah, um, well, so, at that age, yes. Yeah. And I so, mean, that's a big um, thing at that age to deal with. And any, any team would thing. have, it's huge. I mean, yes, Yeah. Huge. Yeah, it totally did not fit the parameters of who I thought of I was or who yeah. I wanted to be. I was the good kid. I was the one who was compliant i was the middle kid that was funny i was you know all those things that we think we are because we're just trying to get along in the world um it just shattered everything about me and i did not know how to deal with it so uh, i went into the great world of denial and um when that was no longer available to me um i went away for it just happened to be spring break and so i went i left school and i went to a, a home for unwed mothers and um and that's where I spent the rest of my pregnancy um and then uh then I I was yeah so I I basically made up a lie about how I became pregnant so I could yeah. not have my boyfriend involved and ruin his life you know I I yeah. I, I lived this funny little drama in my head <laughs> not well, in you know and in my heart as well, right? It's I, understandable. I never could voice it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, looking at um, it, it's understandable why a teen would do that, would make that choice at the time. I mean, I right. certainly understood when I read it. Uh, there, there's no judgment of that. I mean, it's a it's incredibly challenging situation for a teen yeah. to find herself in, yeah. and you were protecting, and you're, you know, at the time you felt that that you were doing 
the best that you could at the time. I I really believed that I was doing the best for everyone I loved. I mean, my yeah. daughter, mm-hmm. my boyfriend, mm-hmm. my family. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't want them to be, you know, the mo- my mom and dad. I mean, I was I really thought I was protecting everyone. I really did. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why there was no thought of my mother being a grandmother. You know, I just I couldn't go there. I mean, yeah. it was just just like I never really thought of my child as being anything other than a newborn. It was like these rules that I set for myself because going into those things would have just been devastating to me. So mm-hmm. and so what would happen is because I never went there when things would come up, they'd just slam me. It's like, oh, no, you know, oh, no, wait, wait, oh, shoot. And then, you know, five years after I give birth, I realize all the things that I've done and all that I've taken away from all the people that I know and love. Yeah. And yeah. and to live with that was really difficult. So yeah. um, I think I always felt like, you know, in the 80s, um, there's lots of talk shows on show, and I'm, I would mm-hmm. watch them occasionally and see the reunions, and I'm like, well, maybe maybe if I know my daughter's okay, then I can forgive myself. You know, maybe if I am able to say, hey, you know, I'm here if you want to meet me. This is, I want to make it easier for you, you know. So that was my intention when I, I put out my feelers to, to reunite with her. Um, yes. Just... You know, I mean, I was naive. I thought everybody who would have a child was beautiful, lovely, and the best person in the whole world, way better than I was at the time. I mean, I thought I was, like, not capable to be a mother. I never even went down that alley. Because right, I, you probably didn't even think about that. I was so that. flawed, right? So, yes, yes. Um, I thought that uh, anybody that would adopt a child would be just amazing people. They just have so much to offer, and I know that's true, but... In our society, we hear things on the news, and it's usually bad news, right? So you start hearing things about adoptive families that aren't mm-hmm. so great. So, That's you know, true. I had, like, this this angst about her and what her life was about. And the older I got, the more I realized the reality is not everybody has the best childhood. And, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I just, Well, and you I wonder, who did she my, end up my, with? Yeah, I mean, you would. Yeah. You would. I know yeah. that you said in the book it was a closed adoption, so so you couldn't really see. Was this um was the the unwed mother's home was it run by the church? Was it that kind of a place yeah. or uh-huh. so it was. Uh-huh, because we mm-hmm. you know, even there if you can hear sometimes, you know, later on stories come out about some some of those places. There's been a lot of things that have come out, you know, and they can be you know, supportive or not. I mean, there can be some sure. negative things. And and so sure. I think it's so natural for you. How can you not just wonder? I mean, really, and, you know, was it okay, you know? And and yeah. so yeah. it's, Did I it's do just the right a natural thing. thing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did. And, and, and um, uh, that's what I wanted. I wanted mostly for her to know that I'm not going to run away from you wanting to know me if you want to know me. And mm-hmm. 
as it turns out, things kind of happen. <laughs> I'm yeah, how did you find her? Re- her life. That. Yeah, how did how did you two? Because I know people are going to wonder about that. Those who there are listeners who may be, you know, wanting they could be a, people who were adopted and wanting to find mm-hmm. their birth or natural mothers, determining depending on what label they want to use there. And sure. and so, how did you find one another? Um, well, it, it it was from my side. I um, once again, my intentions were just for her to have it. If she was interested, if she wanted to meet me, then make it easy for her. That was just yeah. so that she knew she didn't have to wonder. And then, um, uh, so I just sent a, a notice to the courts. Um, and I lived in Hawaii, and she grew up in Hawaii. And I, uh-huh. people, it's funny because the more I talk to people, they were like, gosh, weren't you naive to think that maybe th- that this was going to work out? And in Hawaii, my husband is part Hawaiian, and his family is mm-hmm. very, um, they have a, a, a beautiful open idea of family or ohana. And so I, I, in my marriage, I expanded. My family was always very warm and loving and inviting, but they yeah. took it to a whole nother level. And I just like, you know what? She grew up here. Maybe she will, you know, maybe I can just be another close person in her family, you know, not necessarily in her immediate, but I had high hopes. I really did. And um, so when I did finally meet her, um, uh, it was a great, it, it was she and her parents, and we had a good time. It was nice. They showed me pictures. It was pleasant. And I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, you know, this, this might this might be cool. And uh-huh. um, and in that meeting, I found out that she? she was ill. Was she? She was, she, she was ni- I think she was 19. Uh-huh, my, uh-huh. So when she turned 18 is when I sent the courts. Right. Information. Right. I'm not. I am. I'm not real good with timelines. So no, that's I'm pretty right. sure I she did. was 18 or 19 yeah, when I about, met her. That makes but, sense. Well, what happened was she was in college and she got ill, and I didn't know what was going on with her, and uh-huh. I kind of just said, <laughs> I went to her hometown and said, "I'm here if you want me. Call me, you know, because she was she was ill." And uh-huh. I was worried about her, and so I yeah. kind of forced the first meeting. So, yeah, great intentions of just sitting back and letting her come to me. Yeah, <laughs> but you yeah. know, when you when you really dial it down, I'm her mother, and I really feel that way. And I know people have different opinions of that, but I, I there's no other feeling than knowing that your daughter is not doing, your child is not doing well, and it it. It's something of that course. I just had to find out how she was. So, I have a question. Um, just, um, did you uh-huh. wonder at the time that you know whatever her illness was, um, that if heredity, you know, had anything to do? Because a, a question that's often asked, you know, in adoption situations uh-huh. is that you don't know necessarily. I mean, I guess you know maybe they keep better records in some places, but you don't know what your heredity mm-hmm. is. You know what the genetic tendencies are of certain things or whatever and yeah. and did that enter into your mind at the time that having some knowledge of her extended family her her um natural or birth family um mm. might actually help her in that situation or just in life in general in that way 
Um, well, her symptoms were such that I was more concerned about, to be honest, um, possible abuse or drug use uh, or something weird uh-huh. because mm-hmm, she was mm-hmm. having hallucinations. And so it wasn't like a typical kind of illness. It was, it, it proved to be um, something that was not genetic and it was physical. Uh-huh. It wasn't mental or emotional, but uh-huh. it drew me in because she left college because of it. And, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it kind of, it, it, it really put on spotlight how I didn't know anything and I just didn't know what what was causing it. And so, yeah. um, as it turns out, it was something very, um, um, you know, they were able to, to fix everything. So it, it was all good, but... Um, it was not hereditary. It's not something that will show up again in her life. But mm-hmm. it, to me, it kind of said, well, you, maybe you're supposed to be in her life. Yeah. And um, as it turns out, it was nine months later, her mom passed away. So <laughs> mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it was a crazy ride. Um, once again, my intentions were just to be like, hey, I'm out here. And then all of a sudden, life kind of threw me into into the mix. So, um yeah, it was, it was, you know, she was really young, and um, and she suffered the same kind of loss I did at a young age, and I just, yeah. I wanted to find a way to help her, and I don't believe I was able to find that, but <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah, so how did it unfold after that over time? Um, how did this evolve? Because even now I know that you're, you know, you're in the midst of, your your life continuing to unfold mm-hmm. and and um, yeah you know I don't it's it's been interesting because I don't believe that well I do believe that it's true that even people that raise their children don't have it sometimes an easy relationship with them yeah so uh, with my daughter and I, I think she was curious at the beginning. I think she kind of wanted to meet everyone, but beyond that, I think she had her family she loved, and um that was enough for her and I just kind of started doing things because I thought I should and I could yes, and I yes. don't think that was a good thing to do. I think yes. you know um i that's kind of I kind of thought this after her mom passed away that, gosh, this is going to be tough. And if maybe she doesn't have a relationship with me, maybe someone in the family she'll be able to resonate better with. And so it just kind of like would bring these opportunities when we'd have a graduation or whatever. I'd always invite her. Or I'd always have these things. And I thought it was okay for me. I thought I could get through it. I thought it was best for her to be around her natural family and it started to just really affect me as a person, um, this non-connection that I was feeling from her. Um, so it, it it began to take a toll on me, which made it even harder for me because she was fine with everything. She just kind of showed up and, you know, had a good time and then left. <laughs> so, well, how about her siblings? Um, how about the, the rest of your family? How did they integrate her into their lives. How did what what happened there? How and how did you how did you tell your your other kids about this? You know, because mm. that's a big deal too for anyone. You know, it was it was it this. was um 
that was one of the most um, painful, I think. And I think that's why a lot of birth mothers don't go down this road. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, there's a lot of, there's millions of us out there, and we all have our own uh-huh. stories. We all Absolutely. have our own mixes on this. And it's really hard to, especially me, who love being a mother so much, and I, my kids are magical for for me, and to sit them down and, oh, what was it? I think they were like five, seven, and nine or something when, maybe a little older than that. Um, anyway, so, you know, to sit them down and say, you know, by the way, this is the mother you thought I ha- you had, and, oh, and this is also true about me. And it, it really was difficult for me. Um, um, Do you think that later did... later in life this will humanize? I mean, I mean, that's awfully young to integrate that kind of a, a story mm. fully. And over time it would lead to even more compassion, really, for for their mother and understanding yeah. and make you feel so human to them because they'll relate. I mean, how, right. how old are your kids now? Um, they're in their uh, late 20s, early 30s. Right. And so. how did they how did they integrate um, this into their understanding of you Um and and how have they responded to your writing about it as well? You know, it's been one of the the, the gifts that have, has has come around from this. As hard as it was to go back and and talk about all the, the crazy things I did as a young kid and how <laughs> how I tried to make it all work. Um, a beautiful part of it. I mean, my daughter is an English teacher, and she helped me with the manuscript and. You know, my boys and my uh, have just like um, they didn't read it until it was done. But they're very proud of me, and they know it's mm-hmm. it's not an easy story to tell. And um, like my son said, Mom, this is this is our family history. This is yeah this is a part of who we are. You know, and yeah. and I I've been just so blessed with that part of the story, um, and wonderfully surprised by it and it has um blossomed our relationship um to realize that yeah you you have moms and you have but they ha- also they're also people <laughs> they're real people do, do you feel yeah. that it helped them to be less judgmental of themselves because nobody's perfect and by by you being so honest about um, and, and who's to judge even what perfection is? I mean, see, we embed all these judgments in our in our life. These are the boxes that we live with, and it's really hard, oh, even yeah. when we're talking honestly, to release them. And so, yeah. um, because I would say every life story, perfection to it, even if seemingly imperfect. So do you feel that coming into a more authentic relationship with you understanding you as a real person helped them to grow as adults oh, or as they grew into yes yes, yes. Yeah. and to perhaps not be as judgmental of their own past no matter what is it you know everybody has something that that they're uncomfortable with and and whatever it might be do, do you feel that it really helped them blossom and going forward, we'll continue to help them to be that, their authentic selves. Yeah, you know, um, that word perfect has 
shown it. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's yes. some crazy um, mm-hmm. idea in my world over and over. What is the perfect family? And um, I think that's um, some kind of, I don't know who placed that in the cosmos of ideas for family because who is it that said if you think you're enlightened, go home for Christmas? I mean, families are where... <laughs> Everything gets pushed. All the buttons are there to be ready to, you know, at any moment. (laughs) And it truly has. It's taken down a lot of those ideas um, within my family. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's really been interesting for me as I I speak more and more about this idea of coming out and talking about um, this, this, I mean, there are millions of us out there. Um, Yes. There are, yes. A portion yes. Of, of of a life experience that is called whatever you want to call it, you know. Um, uh, it's Like you said, the perfection of it was that I, when I look back, as once again, how, as misguided as I was, um, I did the best I knew how for my daughter. Yes. And I think that's what all mothers do. And it wasn't easy to do that. And I think there's an idea of birth mothers that Hollywood so sweetly have, has given us as, you know, the the person that can barely stand on their own. And um, I think I think it's really important for people to understand that that's a stereotype that's not true. Um, I know that that's probably to some to some extent. I.e., yes. there are all kinds of mothers who raise their children, right? I mean, I yes. mean, who is to say what is the correct way to raise your child, right? It's you know, you can be outwardly the most powerful woman in the world, and maybe not have the greatest idea of raising children. So, um, I think that's one of my missions is to say, you know, the stereotypes don't work. Let's let's right. open our eyes to other ways of of thinking about things. And um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, um, it's sometimes I just go, really, I'm doing this? Because it was a part of my life that I didn't want to share. And I have felt compelled to share it. And the more Mm -hmm. that I do, the stronger I feel. And I Mm -hmm. think for anybody who's out there and wondering what that is, be a birth mother or somebody who shares that title or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I would say write write out your story, be authentic to yourself because it will come back for you a million times over. It really will. And the honoring that I've had of people that have had miscarriages or abortions or yes, yes. feel free to tell me their their wounds. You know, it's like. Gosh, Kim, you know, I didn't know this about you, but this is what happened to me, and it's yes. been so beautiful. And I, I it's just, um, I strongly recommend anybody who really is struggling with something that has happened in their life and they just really want to go there, it's usually 100% very different from what you thought it was if that makes any sense, because yes. once again, yes. I have looked back at me at 17, and I loved my child, and I did the best I could for her at the time. And that's what I live with. Um, 
And there's no shame, no guilt around that. And I don't believe, no matter what it is, the story that we have told ourselves, that we're supposed to live in those those negativities. I think we're supposed to find a way in our lives to release those because to be the best we can be is a responsibility for ourselves and for the people we love around us. So, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's not it's not a Hollywood ending, really, at mm-hmm. least to this point. But to yeah. me, it is because it's been a beautiful um, forgiveness of self. Yeah, it's a real life. I mean, you're coming to terms with your life. I have a question. Well, actually, two things arise as you're talking about doing your best. I just kept thinking over and over, coming to mind is how, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Four Agreements and Don Miguel Ruiz, but one of the things mm-hmm. that he says, um, very popular, um, is is do he advises to do your best. That's one of the things to do in life, but also to understand that your best, and this is so important, I've communicated this to my um, team that I have in my life, my son, um, doing your best is very much reflected by the circumstances at the time. And I think sometimes also we tend to judge. We'll look back and we'll say, was I doing my best at the time? Well, you know what? That's what you did. And so we tend to, to you know, to, to try to assess things and, you know, really go through anguish. Like I see, you know, you certainly went through a lot of anguish. And yet the thing is, is that that's how it unfolded. And if it had unfolded any way differently, you wouldn't be here as you are today and all the people around you. And and so I feel this acceptance. Um, now, when you were writing yeah, the story, just for yourself, I mean, did you feel that? Even when you weren't sharing it, did you feel the healing just from the writing itself? Oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it started off as just journaling because I was so confused. Um, I didn't know how to reach my daughter. I didn't. I didn't know what the key was, and I I just kept trying and trying and trying, and then you know it just um, uh, I realized going back in my journals, like oh my gosh, I'm actually getting better. <laughs> uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. And I looked back, I was like, oh my gosh, I was really in a dark space right there. Wow, I'm glad uh-huh. I'm not there anymore. That was really kind of scary, uh-huh. you know. Um, and and seeing the transition and and seeing the walking through of it and allowing that to happen, because I mean, it's it's one thing to say. Okay, yeah, I forgive myself, but do uh, you have to really get in there to d- get there? You know, I used to think I went to therapy um, at, at one point in my in my journey, and this, my therapist was a beautiful, wonderful um, woman, and she kept telling me, "Kim, you got to go back to yourself." And I I would just say, "Yeah, sure, I get it," and I would just mm-hmm. walk away, going, "Oh my gosh, she's my great escape." She's the reason why I'm so miserable. I can't let go of her. I can't forgive her. You know, it just seems like this impossible thing to to actually be able to go back to her and say, gosh, you know, yeah, you probably would have been well served to have done things a lot different. But your choices and what you knew at the time and, you know, I really believe that we have an idea of um, family in our society where we have like these little you know, mom, dad, or, or variations of these, what they call nuclear families. And yes. the fact that I didn't have 
my elders around me. I didn't have my grandparents. I didn't have, you know, um, we kind of have gotten away from having a fuller idea of family. Um, and I think we're, we're missing something with, and it goes back to that that word of perfect. You know, everyone's supposed to be yeah. the perfect mom, the perfect dad, the the perfect child, the perfect um, athlete, whatever we're supposed to be, um, without realizing that to walk through the tough times um, and 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 take in the wisdom of the people around us, if you can find it, um, is important. It's an important part of the process. Um, I was talking to this one gentleman who's talking to me about um, the Dalai Lama and someone was asking him how do we get better self-esteem and that's not anything that's even in the the scope of um, his world, the word self-esteem. And he kind of chuckled and said the Western world has a very interesting way of finding ways to feel miserable in their world, (laughs) something to that effect. And, you know... um, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I really do believe that we have this interesting uh, way of walking in the world where you know we 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 come to the end of our life and nobody really even knew who we were, and it's kind oh, of sad. Wow. Yes, that um, is so, so true. Yeah, I just, I, I, I would implore people to um, really instead of going where I went was, was to go to denial or to go to um, just running really fast into the future, if we could just take a breath and um, really look within and and look at the times in our lives where we were not so thrilled about what we did. And like you were saying, I think if you really, really look in there, your real intentions and what really went on are different from what we have built, you know, around it. <laughs> Do you feel that 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 loving yourself really, you know, coming to love that person that you've always yeah. been, you know, no matter yeah. what your choices, you know, no matter how how much has that helped you and how much has that grown because as you're talking, I feel that you've really developed a true love for for who you were. I mean, no matter what the choices, I mean, that were just so challenging, you know, really yeah. looking coming from the outside looking in. I don't see how anyone can read that story and not say, especially if you come from a conservative upbringing of any kind. I mean, uh-huh. it you you are so totally free from judgment. I mean, when I read it, I I am just totally free from judgment in that because you just know it could happen to anyone, and we all know people who've had experience. We all know our own fears at that age. You know, many, many girls, and even women, I mean, well into their older years, if you can, I mean, as long as you can possibly get pregnant, um, worry about, you know, conservative families and judgment and people around them. And so mm. I just, I think that we, so many people would relate without any judgment and just say, you know, wow, you know, and just admire that you are, you invite everyone to be authentic by being authentically you. And to to now people will know you. When you're gone someday, this book will remain, and they will know who who you really are. And all mm. the mixed 
nuances of emotions in that and everything. And that's beautiful. I mean, let me tell you, Ken, it's helping people even in the future, this this book. I mean, those who are dealing with similar choices. And there are, there are probably teens who will pick it up, and it will help them right now, even though they may not understand every single aspect from a more mature angle. It'll help them even so. So, so what you've done is really important. And I know that you know this and can feel it. Well, thank you. Your words are very kind. And I tell you what, um, there was a point in this journey where when people would say, "You're so brave," I would go, "Oh no, don't use that word." <laughs> uh-huh. But you are. It, and it that, now I realize, courage. yeah, you know, I will own that. Yes. And so it's okay. Good. But at first, Good. it's like oh, I'm the, I'm like the person in the closet hiding. No, this can't be me. Yes. And it is me. And it's and it's me saying I am not a bad person. I mean, there's so many ideas of of birth mothers that I think it's important for more birth mothers to come out and say, you know what, <laughs> I don't know what 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 people think, and and it's hard. It's hard. It's it's you know, but everything in my life that's been hard has been worth it. It's you know the walking through it. And it's like okay, here I go. I'm gonna do this. I'm jumping off the uh-huh. cliff, and it's kind of scary those first seconds, but. Then you go, oh my gosh, yeah, I can do this, mm-hmm. and I don't care what people think of me. <laughs> you know, yeah, and there's well, a look huge at that. freedom in that. Uh huh. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I think these cliffs that everyone fears are not nearly as bad as they seem. I often joke where I walk, there's a sign that says "steep grade," and everybody avoids <laughs> it. They all. I did too at first. I thought, you know, I don't think I'm in uh-huh. good enough shape to go up whatever that is. You know, it uh-huh. sounded really uh-huh. steep. Well, when I finally went up it, it wasn't steep at all. You know, it was somewhat, but not really. And so, and I uh-huh. wonder sometimes in life when you talk about a cliff, like, you know, we worry about these cliffs and about these horrible things and that they really don't exist in our in the way that we imagine them to be, that when you actually venture into those places, you discover, wow, I can, I'm okay here. This is amazing. And, and that's what I see in your story, you know, no matter what someone's authentic experience is, um, you know, I feel, and we're all on a journey in learning. Many of us, many of the listeners are thinking about writing about their stories, writing memoirs is what this really is, is a very powerful, mm-hmm. poignant memoir. Um, and it it's a, it's a journey to come to that point. And I think your relating this is helping many of us, including me, by the way, I mean, it's helping all of us to be in an honest relationship with ourselves and to share. Yeah, there's so much power in connecting with people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving testimony to that because it really, oh my gosh, it it it's just a, like a blossoming. You know, you you have. Friends, I've had friends that I've known for years, and once they heard my story, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I said before, I I need to share. I mean, like there's a need. I need to give voice to this wound. I feel safe with you now, you know. And there's yeah. so many women yeah. that have these these sadnesses in them, and it yeah. it just um, it's time for us to release them. And and to move into a, a place of peace within ourselves, um, 
so I'm not alone in these these kind of anguish anguish in our in in life and the, and I'll tell you what it's been the best opportunity of my life to to go through this um and I know it was what I was supposed to do and I know that this was my path and I know I know this is right and it doesn't matter where this puts me it's put me in such a better place and even I'm still friends with um uh, my daughter's natural father and 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 his family, and it's giving them the bo- the book and and seeing an opportunity for them to expand their communication with each other it was just beautiful for me, yeah. and it was such a healing and such a um uh, it I, I mean uh, it's almost like waking up to a miracle every day, you know, and it's yeah uh, it's been so uh, so wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. And it, you know, it's sad that my daughter and I are not communicating right now. Um, and I got to know my older grandson, and that's a sadness for me for sure to miss out on his yeah. life and my younger grandson. Um, so it's not without the other side of it, but I also uh-huh. know that um, they're in they're in loving families, and they at least I know that you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, so you know it's well, life, and well, and, and that's to learn, aren't we? Absolutely, and I feel you're here to teach, and you're teaching through your story, and I hope that you continue to work with people because I see just this beautiful teacher in you, and we're racing. I say this often because it happens. I feel like I say the same thing on multiple shows. We're racing to the end of this program, watching the time oh. <laughs> um, gradually diminish. And I, I do want to let the listeners know that they can that your website is lettinggoagain.com. And then I, I just, oh, my goodness, Kim, I just want to thank you. I mean, I want to thank you for what you just shared in the last two minutes too i mean just so beautiful so powerful and how much this is helping so many people now and in the future and i just i just know that that and i am honored to have you here quite honestly someone such an honest beautiful soul thank you for being here with me today So, Thank you um, so much. I really appreciate the opportunity, and um, it's people like you that help get these stories out. So thanks so much. Well, we do what we can, and I have a feeling uh-huh. your story will continue to propagate because it's a beautiful one, and and I really trust that, that it's going to go where it needs to go, to, into the hearts that need to hear it. So thank you again, Kim, and thanks for being here. Thanks, Susan. Appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, wow. What what an amazing, amazing honest soul. And I so appreciate having Kimberly Smythe here today. That book, by the way, is again called Letting Go Again, A Birth Mother's Tale of Adoption, Reunion, Separation, and Growth. Um, Normally at this point I tell you about future episodes and I have to say I'm still adding some. I have one on June 12th with author Tricia McCannon and we're going to talk about her new book Um, and that is called Return of the Divine Sophia 
And that is Friday, June 12th at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, kind of expanding the times now moving forward. This show will occur later in the day at all times. I, I appreciate doing it at various times of the day. And you can always go to FrontierBeyondFear.com to find all the shows in the archive. I'm finding many of these shows um, become a beautiful composite whole as to, you know, we've had shows about learning to write your memoir and your stories. And look at here is a beautiful example of someone who has done just that. And we're finding more and more um, people coming onto this program, honestly sharing their stories, and expect more of that. I'm really going to be banding into various spiritual paths, really honestly discussing um, the things that that we deal with in life because we are authentic souls on a journey and stories don't generally fit in the neat little boxes that society chooses to frame them in and yet we internalize those and the more that we learn unconditional love for ourselves and of others you know the more authenticity and freedom we will have to explore in this world and we can give that to our children and our grandchildren and help them to live authentic lives Um, so with that said I am so happy you were here with us today those of you in the future listening to this show I am just so blessed to have a community around the program and thank you for being here and until next time. I hope that this time helps you to reflect upon your own story. We all have them, whatever they are, and and to help explore that. Writing is a wonderful way to explore your own story, even just for yourself, and to think about how we can learn to love ourselves even more, going all the way back, and to send that love to to those children that we were, to the teens that we were, every age, to send that love and to feel it. And then to love ourselves as we are right now. May you find that in this moment today. Thank you.